perfect spice choices for healthy food is important to manage chronic diseases. We have focused on a specific line of spices that can really fit your diabetic lifestyle. Our spice flavors are a game changer. We have created unique blends of all-purpose seasonings that are salt-free, gluten-free, with no additives and preservatives, great for chronic conditions like high blood pressure, obesity, and heart disease. These spices contain antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal properties, and improve digestive function and metabolism. Choose Diabetic Cuisine Spices for your family to feel more safe, confident, and support healthy aging. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Transparency Talks Podcast. I am your girl, Butterby Rocker. Listen, we have an amazing show for you today, but before I bring on my special guest, I want to make sure that you guys go and tune in on Amazon Prime's video um, for my new film, Finding the Perfect Guy. It is a romantic comedy. It just got picked up on Amazon Prime. And as you guys know, this is my first debut as a director, producer, writer. Um, so make sure you check it out, check it out, check it out. I'm super excited. It's been out now for a week. And um, yeah, so make sure you get that. Also, my new single Time Stand Still is still um, chart topping at number 45. So make sure that you go listen to the video, download it, all that good jazz. So without further ado, she is an author and a filmmaker. Can you guys please show some love for Miss Lisa N. Alexander? Hey, Hello, beautiful. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being a part of the show. I'm very excited to speak with you. You're doing two of the things that I do. You're an author and a filmmaker. But what I also found out when I was reading over your bio and everything on your website is that we both graduated magna cum laude from Ashford University with a degree in um, PR and marketing. Get out. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty cool. I was like, okay. That is way cool. That is cool. That is very cool. I haven't found too many from Ashford. So no, yeah. Can't say, I can't say that either. So this is <laughs> quite ironic. Yeah. So can you give everybody a little bit of background about yourself? Sure. Uh, I have always been a storyteller from as long as I can remember. So I was one of those kids grow up in church, black church. And so, you know, you have your Easter speeches and your Christmas pieces and things of that nature. So I remember my mom wrote out a very long uh, presentation for me to give at the church's Women's Day and did it stood in front of everybody, got the microphone, read my piece and got a standing ovation. And since then I was kind of hooked when it came to storytelling. So my career has been one storytelling adventure after another. So started in graphic design, then went into marketing, uh, went into photography for a little bit, had my own photography show here in Houston at um, PhotoFest. 
and then found myself in film and I have been enthralled ever since. I, this is what I am put here to do. It's wonderful when, when you find out your calling. Mm -hmm. I started in music and I, I've been touring. I've been singing forever, but then I left corporate in 2007 and have been touring literally since then. And when I injured myself in 2019 and had to have knee surgery that left me out for a year, I discovered new talents. And now that I've gotten a taste of films, it's given me a little of everything because I'm able to in, put my music in it. I'm able to show my talents on all sides. So it's always wonderful when you can find your niche and find your passion and go after that. So that's wonderful thing. Absolutely.
it's like my energy. My heart shows why you steady, see the best of me. Let's take this love on the heavy incline, making haters just lose their mind. And I can't leave you alone, I'm like the hood drone. I got a Jones for your body and your skin tone. Love songs on the phone, that's your ringtone. With all this talk about me and you being grown. And yo, it's getting to me, so I can put all of my peas in the pot. And do the double rain thing, you believe it or not. Word, me and you will start making some noise. And get the filling up a couple voids. And I can't leave you alone, I'm like a hood drone. I got a Jones for your body and your skin tone. Love songs on the phone, that's your ringtone. With all this talk about me and you being grown. And yo, it's getting to me, so I can put all of my peas in the pot. And do the double rain thing, you believe it or not. Word, me and you will start making some noise. And get the filling up a couple voids. Let's make it work. Uh. You have literally been working on a lot of stuff. You co-produced the award-winning documentary, What Mercy Looks Like. Um, you won a gold Remy. I've never heard of a Remy before, but I love that. You won a gold Remy with mm -hmm. that one. And then you produced and directed the documentary Just One mm -hmm. and won a silver Remy. Yeah, I mean, very impressive. So I want to ask you, do you feel the festivals is the route to go, especially as documentaries with your projects first? I I would recommend it, but I would definitely say, do your due diligence on these festivals. Not all film festivals are created equally. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of people, there, there are a lot of people out there that it use it as a money making venture so they scam you they your your film never shows anywhere no one ever really reads your script but yet you have won an award because they took your 20 dollars and they're gone with it so just be there do your due diligence i would say when it comes to working with film festivals and submitting your things make sure that they are worthy and notable and I would say have some experience behind them and that you can Google them, you can find them, that their website works, links work, all those kinds of things. Make sure it is legit um, before you submit your money and your project. Great advice because like, you know, this is my first film and everybody was telling me we should go that circuit. But when I got on, um, was it Film Freeway? Mm -hmm. It was so much, it was just, and oh, it was an overload for me. And then trying to figure out which ones were right. And then I was mm -hmm. told, you know, you need to go to only submit to ones that you know that you can go to. That if is you, correct. Okay, mm -hmm. you realize that. Okay. So yeah, so it was it was just overload for me personally. But I, I do think that it is great to be able to get those accolades behind you if you can get on to the right festivals. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then it's um, an opportunity to network. Mm -hmm. So film festivals aren't just going to go collect your award, take pictures, take selfies, you know, do it for the gram. You go to network because filmmaking is, yes, it's this wonderful creative thing and you get to do all these things and make nice pictures. It is a business and films should make money at the end of the day. So that's the business side of me. It's like the productive, there, it, there should be an ROI on all that you do. And so definitely go to network. You never know if you're gonna meet your next actress for your film, um, producers, people with money who like to fund films. So definitely go and network. Yeah, really good advice. Okay, 
I want to talk about what inspired you to tell the story of my father, the queen. So it's the story is loosely based on my life. And they told me, they said, write what do you know? And so I know drama. I know drama very well. Um, so this is a story um, about, it's a black daughter's story on what it is to grow up with a gay closeted father and how his trauma impacts your trauma. And then how can, how can you heal from your own, from your daddy issues and how those daddy issues just really weave their way through your entire life. If you, if you don't deal with it, it can be catastrophic. And so I wanted to tell this story. Now was the time to tell this story. One, because I had done my work, done my healing journey, journaled, talked to, talked to therapist, um, you know, did all those things that you're supposed to do to heal from things that just really kind of railroad you. And you get to release all those expectations. You get to show grace, you get to show forgiveness. And so now it was a good time to tell this story. And especially with everything that's going on in the world today when it comes to the rainbow children, the LGBTQ plus community and legislation that's being written against certain members of that community. And so now's a good time. And it still hasn't gone away. You know, we can say that as a black community, we can say that for the gay community, the LGBT community, that there is still violence. There is still this hatred, intolerance towards these two communities, you know, our communities. and. My hope is that this story will humanize Black bodies, regardless of the body, that it would normalize Black folk going to therapy, you know, communities of color, that it's okay to go go get help, go, please go talk to somebody, you know, you don't have to carry that. And so it was just all the, all the stars aligned, if you will, and that was a good time to put it out there. Yeah. I love the title. How did you come up with the title? I don't know. It just came to me. I was sitting somewhere minding my own black business and I thought of the name. It's like, oh, I don't know what to do with that. That's pretty awesome. It's like, I don't, I, I don't know. So the name came, the name absolutely came first. It don't really matter too much to me. Your money, the fame, I just want you here with me.
indie artists. We are looking for that fire. So if you got that heat and want international exposure for your next single, contact our team for submissions details. Exposure in Italy, London, Japan, South Africa, Nigeria, and Canada. Serious inquiries only on Instagram and Facebook at Transparency Talks Podcast. How did you assemble the cast and the crew? Um, and what was your casting process? So I'll start with crew. And again, you know, going to the film festivals and meeting people, I do video production work for nonprofits. I have a company called Pretty Work Creative. So we help them tell their stories, amplify their stories. That's how we did the documentary work. So I had to find people to do the work, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, the casting crew that I've assembled are people that I know, people whose work I trust, people who have an, an incredible work ethic. And my DP, Brandon, he'll tell you, it's like this Lisa don't have enough uh, folly and foolishness on her sets. I do not. We do not do foolishness and folly. We're there to get a job done. We're here to tell an amazing story. And so the people that have said yes, I'm just so grateful, like our first AD. And I got my first cast member. I I remember when I was writing Carolyn's part, and and I kept telling myself, there's only one person that can play this. And I was like, I don't know if she'd be willing to do it, you know, acting's not really her thing, but the way this, the, the role is written, I'm going, nobody can play this. And so I called my friend, Linda. I hadn't really talked to her in a while. We met over 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, not sure what you're doing. Would you be interested in reading this script? You know, tell me how you feel about it. She read the script, called me back immediately. It's like, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in, I'm in. And same thing with um, some other roles that we filled. Maestro Robinson sent him the script. I think he called me back like 15 minutes later. He's like, can I play this role? It's like, okay, absolutely. So that's, it's been based on people that I know, people that I've built relationship with, people that I know and trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, tell me about the collaboration with the Stellar Award-winning Constellation Choir. That is so amazing. So again, so that's the reason we have that relationship and that collaboration is because of Linda. Linda lives in Chicago. She is a church baby, knows all things Chicago and church community. She is so plugged in. And it's because of her, her relationship. She's now become our one of our executive producers because she opened up, helped to open up so many doors for us. And that was one of them. So we trekked to Chicago, had the meeting with Pastor Darrell Smith and by the time we left that meeting, he says, Lisa, if you need us to hang from trapeze, we will hang from trapeze for you. And so I am just so grateful for that opportunity and for them collaborating with us because that music, so you'll know this, it's like music is a big part of film and yeah. film budgets. Mm-hmm. It can kill a budget. It can kill a film budget. And so usually it's one of the last things that filmmakers will kind of do. And then you're looking for stock images, stock you know, stock music that you can put right. in. But thankfully, it's at least at least for our church scenes, we have authentic music. And since they've recorded, so you know this, they've already recorded, so we already have tracks. I just need bodies. And the choir is going to fill in. So I don't have to find casting for that. The choir is going to play themselves in the film. 
Wow. Absolutely amazing. I am so, I'm so, I'm so excited about um, this collaboration and them working with us. It's going to add a certain authenticity and great music to the film. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So it's in pre-production right now. When do you yes. expect to start filming? So <laughs> I have told uh, my good friends in Chicago that we will shoot before snow falls or when snow melts. I am from Southern California and hey, native Houston. Because <laughs> when you said Chicago, I was like, oh my God, it's so mm. cold. Mm. No, I don't, we don't do, we don't do snow. So yeah. Th yeah. those are, th those are my requirements before snow falls and after snow melts. So we're looking at either before, I think they tell me November, I'm safe up and until November or <laughs> after because sometimes they get snow on late Memorial Day, which is, un uh, no, that's not right. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> either one of those times, we're still fundraising. So that's, that it'll happen, it'll happen in that timeline. Okay. And how can people that want to help with your fundraising help? Okay. So they can go to our website, uh, myfatherthequeen.com. We have a seed and spark crowdfunding campaign that's going to launch by the end of the day. So what I will do is I will send you that link um, and then people can go to the seed and spark um, website and donate there as well. Or call me or email me. Let's talk. Okay. Okay. So um, what are some of the challenges as a female writer and director have you mm. faced? <laughs> I've definitely faced some with my first. <laughs> okay just being heard and being taken seriously that part being heard and being taken seriously especially when you start talking about the money part mm -hmm. so what I found to be true is that so your film is a feature as well so you didn't go documentary route right Correct. it is much easier for women and especially women of color to get a project produced if it's a documentary. There are lots of grants. Oh my God, there are so many grants available and opportunities and fellowships and all these things if you're doing a documentary. But the moment you step into feature film life, it is a completely different ballgame. And and I'll be to be honest and to be very fair and transparent, filmmaking, especially indie filmmaking, raising money is hard for everybody, regardless of your gender or your color. White folk have just of a heart of a time raising money as anybody else. But once you start adding um, melanin and once you start adding, um, you know, all the things and then don't be a part of the, the LGBT, then your level of heart gets increased. Right. Mm -hmm. So with being a black woman, the level of heart is about you know, that much more difficult, but it's not impossible and it will get done. You yeah. are my proof. So I can always go. It's like, but it did it. So my project's going to get funded too. So yeah. it'll get done. Well, I will tell you this. I funded myself. See, and sometimes, yeah. sometimes you have to do that. There's another gentleman yeah. on, on YouTube who funded his own, straight out of film school, who funded his own um, film feature. And that thing went pretty much viral. And he put it out on YouTube. He didn't mm -hmm. wait for distribution. He had waited for tried to do the um, distribution thing and went to the film festivals, didn't get accepted to the mm -hmm. big festivals. Mm -hmm. And I, what I learned, I don't know if you know this, but at the big festivals, Sundance, um, Canes, all those, mm -hmm. if you're not invited, 
the likelihood of you getting selected is very narrow, very slim. Oh, so wow. It's, it's almost by invitation only. We taking a pause for the cause. I like to give a quick shout out to all my listeners out there. What up, Italy? What up, London? What up, Japan? What up, Canada? What's up, South Africa? What's up, Nigeria? I appreciate you guys. What up, the USA?
I funded myself. I attempted to get some funding. I didn't. I didn't go the season sprout route or um, crowdfundme, but I did go to other people that I knew. Mm. And it was like, you know, butter. We know you in music. We support you in music. We've never seen you do a film, and you know, you did a play before, but we ain't never seen you do no film. So it was like, I'll catch you on the next one. <laughs> you know. It- Okay, it's like okay, but yeah, bet, I'll show you. Yep, yep. And then I ended up um, finishing the project. I mean, it was definitely tough to do. I had a lot of setbacks and everything, but God. And once I finished, I did my premiere at at a big studio um, place here in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm. Sold out in two weeks. Had from Les Brown to all of these big celebrities came out and then got offered six distribution deals and just signed with one. So, you know, it was definitely a a tough road, but I'm not Mm. mad that I did it. Um, I I got stopped so many times by people saying, hey, you should just write it and just sell it. Or, or, you know, you you go through so many stumbling blocks that Mm. I almost gave up a lot of times, but I'm so glad that I you know, stayed with it and, and kept going. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Congratulations. And see, no Thank one you. can take that experience away from you, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I, I like to tell people, it's like, it doesn't matter how you came about the experience or the knowledge, because, you know, I didn't go to film school. We Me went to, we went to Ashford University, right? right? <laughs> we graduated top in Ashford University. And so yeah. we, we're not film school graduates. But that doesn't negate the fact that one, you told a great story too. I got a great story and it got done and you found the financing and it got done. So congratulations, kudos. I'm proud. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, what are some of the most important lessons you've learned on this journey of mm. directing and producing? So on the producing part, it really is about relationships and building relationships. And you really do find out because part of producing, you know, fundraising, finding funds, you find out about people. And you really find out about people, people who support you, people who don't support you. I will say that I have been amazed and just, just shocked at the people who said yes. And it's like, I got you. And here's how much I got you. You know, let me put something on your crowdfunding account and then amplified it out to their own audience. I was blown away because I didn't think I would ever see this particular person because of the role that they have and what they do. I I thought the LGBTQ theme and what they did, I didn't see those two meshing together, mm-hmm. but they came out and supported it and was very vocal about it. And then there are other people who I reached out to who I thought what, this was a bit, it, would have, it was a dead ringer. It was checking the mail. They were like, "No, I don't. I don't support that." And mm-hmm. it was shocking. It, it just it really opened my eyes. And so you don't know where blessings come from. And so right. you just have to be open. You absolutely have to be open. And then uh, you can't forget the business part of filmmaking. This people who invest. We're not talking crowdfunding. People that invest want to see a return on their money. Yep. And so ROI. So you have to approach this from a financial standpoint, right? From a business standpoint. And so I'm thankful that I'm coming to filmmaking, not just as a creative, it's something that I've always done, but I've owned businesses. I've run businesses. So I understand I can, 
I had bought, I bought domain names. I had things copyrighted. I had done all the trademarking, all the things, had all the socials before I ever sat down to really write the film. I bought mm-hmm. everything. And so th- mm-hmm. this one attorney, he says, you've already done that? It's like, doesn't everybody? Mm-hmm. It's like, you need to secure all the things first. Absolutely. Um, so that's what I did. You, you know, we, that might've that might have came from, from your marketing PR side. Cause I think that's a, I think that's something that we just know to do. Secure, mm-hmm. secure everything before you even start. <laughs> before you open your mouth and tell anybody anything. Yeah. Go by the URLs, go submit yeah. them. Yes. Um, <laughs> so what are some of the documentaries that have influenced your work? Because you do a lot of documentaries. Oh, wow. You're going to make me choose? Um, <laughs> so I'll tell you the most recent documentary I saw that has <laughs> so um, inspired me. I'm doing a whole podcast about it because it just really awakened some things in me. It was Happy Shiny People, the Duggar story. Mm-hmm. Oh, that 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 was very interesting and just made me question a whole lot of things. So it's like I've gathered a group of experts I can talk to because I needed to wait a minute. I need to decompress after watching that documentary series, and I need to I need to talk to some people. So that's. <laughs> That's the latest documentary that um, really influenced me. One, two, three, woo! I, I just don't understand How you say you're my man But won't tell me you love me
you know, I've loved you for so long, and all I've wanted was for you to love me back, for you to believe in us, for you to choose us. And one day I realized I don't have to wait on you. I can choose myself, so I choose me. I love you, but I gotta go. Goodbye. I gotta go, 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 go. If you like the show, then make sure to share your favorite episode and subscribe to the Transparency Talks podcast. If you want to know what sparked my career, I will I will tell you it was commercials. So uh. as a kid, I loved commercials. One commercial in particular. I'm going to date myself. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not a 20, 30 something. Not even forty. Um, it was a Norwegian um, cruise line commercial back in the 90s I think it was and the theme was it's different out there Uh, and it was so beautifully done oh my god the cinematography on this I I was all in I didn't have Norwegian cruise money wasn't even old enough to go on a Norwegian cruise I don't think at the time but it was just so beautiful and it's like I want to be able to tell stories like that because all commercials are are being able to tell a story in 60 seconds or less. And that's a gift. That is a craft yeah. to be able to tell a complete story and then hook you and have you do something at the end. That's brilliant. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to do something like that. And so that's what um, my first love was, was actually commercials. And so that's what inspired me. So now I get to do work with nonprofits. I get to tell my own story and go back to my first love, which is telling stories through film or through pictures. Mm -hmm. Now that I've done my film and people have seen, I I mean, I have plenty of music videos that I've directed of myself being in it. Um, But people are starting to contact my company to do their music videos and also commercials. And I'm actually really excited. I got I just got hired for a commercial. It would be my first one. But I'm really excited because I I want to see how I can tell that story that you're saying in so little of a time. I, Mm -hmm. I believe I can, but I've never done it. You know, but I'm really excited for the opportunity to do it. So, um, yeah, that's very exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you probably have done it. And probably if so, if you've ever produced a video, done a reel to promote something, same concept, only bigger, much, much bigger floor print and money involved. But you've done you, you got this. Yeah, I've done plenty of music videos and and reels. So yeah, yeah I guess yeah. it's 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 the same thing. I have to tell a story. You know, reels. You can't tell a twenty minute reel. You know, you got to be able to TikTok. It's like you got ninety seconds. Go. You know, right. And you you mentioned Norwegian being the the first commercial that you know did something for you and gave you that spark. Yeah. I used to tour on Norwegian a, a lot, <laughs> so that's yeah. pretty. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> is it as beautiful as they say they made the pictures, or is it really trash? I mean, no, it's really really beautiful. I I think I've done um, maybe four or five of their different cruise lines. Um, and I've probably done over 20 tours with Norwegian. So, yeah. Okay, really have to make that happen. What advice would you give aspiring filmmakers? So if they are new, I mean, brand new to it, mm-hmm. and are, if you're writing, learn to format. 
I think mm. that just about killed me. Because yeah. <laughs> I've written blogs, I've written books, I've written articles. I, I have no problem writing. Formatting My Father the Queen, I'd get frustrated, put that thing down and go somewhere for about an hour or two. And it's like, I don't want to do this. And it's like, can I pay somebody to do this? And you find, so if you are, ever go to some of these um, Facebook groups that host screenwriters, you know, you have people in there all the time talking about, I have this great idea. And it's like, but I don't want to format it. Can I just tell you, I'll pay you. And it's like, mm, no, you've got to write it yourself. And so there, I would say the first thing is you can take a clap take a class, have somebody walk you through that process of what it is. Of course, there are books out there. There's YouTubes. I did all of that, but I think I could have benefited from somebody sitting next to me going this, this, do this, do this. But that was, I would say, definitely hone that craft. Because mm -hmm. if you're going to be doing this and you're going to be writing consistently, especially if you're going to be writing and directing and producing your own things, learn to do it right. Yeah. That would be my first first bit of advice. This your girl, Butterbee Rocket. I would like to introduce as my world premiere, my new single, Time Stands Still. Make sure you go online, like it, love it, share it, Nami. I'm with you. 
I think because I had co-written a play with someone and I got to see how the interactions work because, you know, as a songwriter, when I'm writing my own songs, that's one dimensional. But when you're doing a play, you got other people coming in and out of the conversation. So that, I think that helped me be able to, you know, move over to the writing and, and put it in a final draft, but it was definitely tough. I was like, mm -hmm. That was like, oh my God, because it was, it was a different level. Absolutely. It's like, for me, it was like trying to learn and write Mandarin in 60 days, you know, yeah. and become yeah. proficient and fluent in it. And it's, yeah. it's, it's tough. And then, so for me being a writer, you know, I like to set up descriptions and all that, you know, make it pretty. And then, you know, I've had people look at my script, you know, those early drafts. It's like, mm -hmm. you got way too much going on in these action lines. It's like, yeah. you need to clean this up. It's like, okay. And then another thing that I did not realize at the moment, because, you know, they say that um, when you're doing your script, one page is one minute, right? And on average, a scene should be between four to no more than five minutes before you go to the next, you know, scene mm -hmm. or whatever. So I didn't know that. I didn't know when I first started. So mm -hmm. my very first scene of my film is seven minutes because I didn't know. And I couldn't figure out how to cut it because all of the parts in there I needed. So, you know, but it's my own film, so I can do what I want to do with my film. That <laughs> but, part. Right. That but I, part. <laughs> but now that I know, I'll be ready for the next one. <laughs> and see, there's a difference between, so I'm, I'm writing to direct and produce my own work. Now, if I was a, if I wanted to be a screenwriter mm -hmm. and I'm writing to sell, then I've got to adhere to, you know, certain rules uh -huh. and, you know, kind of do things that the way that they should be done. Right. Yeah. But there's a little flexibility if it's my own and I'm directing and I'm going to do this the way I see it in my head. And so, yeah, there's a little freedom there with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you think is the most um, important elements of a successful movie? Oh, Okay, so if I'm the, if I have on my business hat, it I got an ROI, so we 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 made money on the film, mm -hmm. and then the other part of me that's um, very purpose driven is that I hope this film can help somebody start their healing journey, mm -hmm. or if they can see themselves. And so some other people that I've talked to, they said that even though this is a a black daughter's story. 
everybody can see themselves in it because we've all we all go through stuff we all have trauma we all have things that we've gone through big small and you can see yourself in her struggle you can see her you, you're, you may see yourself in the father's struggle right? right and so my hope at the end of the day and i and i is is that we can offer maybe some healing and grace to people that have hurt us and maybe understand them a little better so i would hope that we would understand our parents a little better because the freedoms that we have so you and i we get to go to therapy we get to go sit down and talk to somebody i probably couldn't start going to therapy until 2000s or so right so for the first half of my life it was still taboo it was still you take it behind the church you go sit down and talk to jesus we don't go to therapy that's white folks stuff right and so i couldn't judge my mom who didn't have those privileges on how she handled some situations or you know how she coped because she didn't have access to certain things that I do so just knowing that that she had to shoulder that burden by herself that there was nobody she could talk to i now have a greater respect for her i have a greater appreciation for her because i understand the time she was born what was available to available to her during that time period and so i can offer her grace same thing with my father. I can offer him grace for the time period that he was born in, what was available, his choice to remain closeted. I I get all of that. Mm-hmm. Even in getting all of that, it still doesn't negate any hurt or trauma that was done to me. I can forgive you, but I still it doesn't negate me doing my own healing work at this point. So I would hope that at the end of the film we can at least show grace and start healing journeys and start mending relationships that can be mended and empathy that part mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can we just can we norm can we normalize black folk getting therapy and can we humanize black bodies please right please right so how do you say motivated and inspired to keep creating i i don't know not how to create i it just pours i if i'm not doing film i'm working on stories or a podcast or i'm doing client work or i'm real i'm okay so i'm flowing in my zone of genius this is this is what i'm put here to do now if i was trying to fix cars i'd be in trouble because god knows that is not what i'm here to do you don't want to trust me with anything with your car. But if you want me to tell a good story, I got you on that. And so there are times when you definitely have to rest. Self-care is so important. Being able to step back, take a break. Sometimes I have to pull myself away from my desk and my computer. It's like, girl, that's enough. Go go lay down, go walk in the garden. And that's a part of my um, healing. That's a part of my release. That's a part of my self-care is going outside and playing in my garden. I love it. Lisa, I think we're kin because um, you're a creative being like me. I I can't help myself. Like, honestly, I, I have to work on projects. I have to create things. So I've created the podcast. I've created the books. I've created the magazine. Like, I can't help it. It's like yeah. we're creative beings, and that's what we're put on this earth to do. And some people can't understand that. But I know you understand it because we both went to Ashby University. That's right. <laughs> 
I got you. I understand. I got you, girl. How can people reach you and support you and everything? Everything there is to know is at lisainalexander.com. Now, there are probably about 2.5 million Lisa Alexanders on the planet currently. And so the way I differentiate myself is with that letter N as a Nancy in between. So lisainalexander.com. That'll take you everywhere. It'll take you to um, the movie. It'll take you to the books. If you're interested... I do work with nonprofits. If you're interested in telling stories for nonprofits, that's over at prettyworkcreative.com. Okay. Oh, and the books. Oh, so 10 years, it's been 10 years since I wrote my second book. It's This Woman Knows. And I shared just that journey. It's been 10 years since I wow. wrote that book. And all the things that have manifested because I was obedient and wrote that book, mind blowing. The journey has been incredible. It has been incredible. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, I would like to thank you so much for being a part of Transparency Talks podcast. I am going to have, we are going to have to say goodbye to all of our listeners live, but thank you so much for your time. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. So you stay on, but we're going to say goodbye to them. So with that, everybody, we are out of here. We will talk to you guys later. Bye. I'd like to thank you for tuning in to Transparency Talks Podcast. We are here each and every week. This is your girl, Boda B. Rocca. You can follow me on all social media at Transparency Talks Podcast, as well as Butta B. Rocca. That's B-U-T-T-A-B-R-O-C-K-A. Everybody, everybody, everybody next to mine.